Welcome to The Bottleneck. The Bottleneck is a podcast dedicated to love of factory and automation games. We're here to bring you the latest news and game reviews in the genre. I'm your host, Dave, joined by my fellow co-host, longtime friend, and virtual drinking buddy, Chris. We have decades of gaming experience across a variety of gaming genres and have in the past couple years shared a deep appreciation for factory and automation games. We'll start off today by talking about our first bottleneck, what's in the glass? What are you drinking, Chris? Well, in honor of our visit to the Ren Fair today, I am going with the Guinness Classic Irish Dry Stout, one of my favorite beers of all time, and actually a light beer, despite its color, so going with my, one of my favorites. What about you, Dave? Uh, that one never gets old. Nope, not at all. I made a trip up to Wisconsin this past weekend with the family and came back with some new Glarus. It's a beer that uh, brewery that you can only get their beer in Wisconsin. So this right now I'm drinking a serendipity happy accident fruit ale. It's uh their my, my favorite beers from New Glarus are their fruit beers. They have a a cherry beer and a raspberry tart. Um they're they're more sour than sweet. But they're very good, but this is from a year that they had a bad cherry harvest in Wisconsin, so they used apples and cranberries as well, and it makes for a very delicious sour beer. Oh, it sounds delicious. Sours are one of our favorite styles, so... Yeah, it's like a that. little sweeter than a lot of the sours out there. It's quite fruit-forward, but... Okay, that's very not tasty. bad. Very nice. So in this week's news, it looks like blueprints are on the top of everybody's mind. The captain of industry released blueprints in the game and also announced that it will be available on the GeForce Now if you like cloud gaming. Learning Factory is also introducing blueprints as well as a number of new buildings. Uh, Last I checked, they're on, I believe it was phase two of the blueprint release uh, that's out to testing. So they're looking for feedback on that right now. In other news around the genre, Hydroneer tested a new resource that's found deep underground. I believe they're calling it Corestone. Infraspace showed off some in-game art for the new terraforming buildings that are coming, as well as some of the art for the terraformed landscape and their new futuristic roads. Junkpunk announced some changes coming very soon. A jetpack to help get around. First-person mode, of which I'm very happy about. I'm a, not a fan of the third person over the view, or over the shoulder view, so I'm definitely looking forward to the first person view. And also, placeable lighting. I guess that was a big request from the community that people wanted lighting because the game is pretty dark and dreary, so that makes sense. Yeah, definitely that will be a, a helper. And Shapes 2 is tentatively planning a early access release in mid 2024 if they can get appropriate funding. It's like they're also expecting to release a demo sometime in late 2023. But again, this is all very, very far off, very tentative plans. Uh, who knows if any of it's going to happen at all. They can't get enough money. And then Tectonica put out a bunch of info about power in the game. Yeah, the most interesting piece uh, for me that I saw was about uh, needing to store energy in accumulators if you want to use their monorails that are coming soon. Um, there's apparently a huge energy spike when a monorail train starts moving. So if, if you don't, you know, you're, you're not expected to be able to 
constantly have the power capacity to support a train starting. It's it's unreasonable to plan for that, but you need you know, to have a little additional capacity storing up in accumulators so that you can handle those spikes, which is uh, definitely an interesting uh, mechanical wrench. Or any electric motor has capacitors on it for that reason in real life, so that's pretty cool they're doing that. It's uh, making the game even more realistic, which I'm a fan of. And then Coffee Stain Studios got a new community manager. So is that a replacement for Jace or is uh, Jace still around? He's just helping out. I, you know, I don't follow Satisfactory as closely as some of the others. I believe it's an additional helper. Nice, because Jace has always been the, the face of Coffee Stains from what I can see. So, yep, she's, yeah, she's uh, an additional one. She's helping Jason Snut. Nice. That's awesome. This week, we are going to talk about a game that popped up on our radar really just before we started talking about this episode. And I don't know exactly how to pronounce it, so I'm going to try my best. But it looks like it's Atrio, the Dark Wild, E-T-R-I-O. I'm not sure how this flew under our radar for so long, but someone on the Discord brought it up about a month or so ago. And I looked at it and immediately fell in love with it and decided I needed to buy it and play it and that we needed to review it. So the basics of the game, you are an android and you go up this elevator shaft up into the world in an apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic future. And you're in what's called Station 2. This station has an AI that communicates with you by you plugging into it and it gives you, you know, it tells you how to build buildings. You start with almost nothing. But uh, you can build like these vacuum tubes, I think, pretty early that are basically conveyor belts. And soon you get like factories and you can start mining ore. You need to upgrade this station, station two, with various materials you find either in the world or from other stations to unlock things as you go along. Eventually, you start getting to other stations. First is station three, then station four, then station five, then station one, I assume. I have only started getting to station five myself. Um, you are expected to die frequently in this game. It's called getting promoted. At the very beginning, each time you get promoted, you come back with your employee number incremented by one. I don't remember exactly what number you start at, but it's like, you know, if you start as employee 3,242, then next time you get promoted, you'll be employee 3,643, whatever, you, you keep going up. And then uh, once you discover Station 3 and get through it, uh, certain things happen. Uh, it, I don't want to spoil the story too much, but you become uh, more self-aware and are no longer a different employee each time. It's pretty interesting. And then each time you get promoted, you come back at one of uh, a set set of spots for respawning. You need to harvest ore and various plants through the world, either with buildings for harvesting ore or these pickers that can pick plants all around there's some different creatures that exist in the world most of them are aggressive and they can mostly be captured uh, eventually not always immediately to add different things to your factory there are these like dog things that act as splitters so they take up a lot of space and are hard to incorporate into a factory there's some toads that suck things in that get important later on and more 
you have a battery that runs down as well as just having health that, you know, either going into the darkness or being attacked by various animals can uh, deplete. Your battery runs out, which it does over time. Then you once again get promoted and respawn. At first, you have no way to recharge your battery. So you just run it down. Um, and actually, you need to die that way a couple times to progress the story. But eventually, you st can start making batteries out of mushrooms and other things to recharge. You discover more kinds of batteries as you go on. They give different boosts. Initially, you can't walk in the water, but then one of the batteries you get can give you a, a power-up that lets you walk through the water so you don't die if you start trying to explore new areas. It helps you get to some of the stations later on. You get some better ways to grow mushrooms rather than just picking them in the wild. You also get a lot of items that help you progress through supply pods. There's a, a set for each station. So starting in station two, one of the first things you need to do is get uh, get things from the supply pod that will bring it up as using an elevator from the, the underworld where you were uh, brought up from as well. But you have to sort of sit there within a certain radius of the supply pod location and stay alive and not let the supply pod get destroyed uh, while various wildlife comes and attacks you and the supply pod. Um, if you last for a certain amount of time, I think it starts at like 30 seconds and some of them tick up a little bit uh, as you as you get deeper into each station. Um, some of the things you get from those supply pods help you improve station two so that you get more buildings, et cetera, et cetera. You also have research that's pretty much entirely separate. It's entirely time based. There's a research station at Station 2, and as far as I know, that's the only place you do any research. It doesn't involve researching any buildings, though. It's mostly just power-ups for your character, like a longer battery, more health, more inventory slots, more things fitting in an inventory slot, things like that. You can capture the creatures that come up for the supply pod to help you with your factory. That's a major source of some of those creatures in the early game until you start exploring the wild a little more. Um, one of the key components of the game is that you you are supplying power first through these like glow bulbs that you can pick as plants in the world into station two. And your the, the number of glow bulbs per minute that you're providing initially determines how many light bulbs you can place throughout the world. And those light bulbs can power any buildings around them. And they push back the darkness, which if you venture into the darkness, you start getting hit um, by something you can't avoid. You can't use items. It's, uh, it's very dangerous out there, and you just die, basically, if you wander off and don't have enough of a lamp. But you get eventually, you get a lantern that lets you survive for a little while out there to explore. So you just need to place these, uh, these light bulbs around. You usually put strings of them going to the various stations so that you can hook up the stations to each other. That you can get the supply pods and keep moving on in the story, et cetera, et cetera. If you get caught out without enough light bulbs, like I did when I was searching for station five, sometimes you can get kind of screwed and need to commit suicide so that you respawn back at your original location so you can build more light bulbs. That's the gist of how you play the game. Unlike most factory games, the factory itself isn't really the main goal of the game. 
It's a surprisingly engaging story wrapped around a survival game with a lot of factory elements. The story is told with pretty good humor through interactions with the AI and the stations. And that story really kept pulling me forward through this game. I didn't quite get to where I connected Station 5. I got a little annoyed when I ran out of light bulbs going towards it. The factory is more just a means to progress in the story than the whole point of the game, though it does still provide a great challenge and some interesting logistics for those who like factory games. And there's nothing saying you can't focus more on the factory, especially if you use one of the alternate modes that doesn't have story, like creative mode or free play mode. It was definitely, you know, going off of what you said, I definitely liked the story. You know, that was the first time that I was promoted and, you know, and your Android's head just blows up and, you're, and I was, I was kind of like taking it back going, what the heck just happened? And, uh, you know, I definitely didn't see it coming. And then your next guy comes up and up the, up the elevator and you can harvest the old body for parts. Yeah. That's <laughs> so, one of my favorite touches. It's like, Oh, you need more wire. Uh, maybe just die a few times and then <laughs> harvest the body for parts. <laughs> more wire. That's the one way. <laughs> All right. So let's get over to the score section of this. Obviously we don't give number scores, but we do give our feedback on the different areas of the game. So overall gameplay, what did you think, Dave? Well, like I said, it's a bit more of a survival type game. The building of factories, it's necessary to progress, especially in certain areas like, you know, uh, one, I know you, I don't think you've gotten through station four yet, but there's a piece where it like specifically gives you parameters for a factory you need to build or a certain, a certain item that you need to progress. Um, so it's important to be able to build factories, but it's not totally the main focus of the game. My main beef with survival games in general, which I do enjoy a great deal, is that there's a lot of repetitive crafting in most of them, and it gets tedious. So having one like this that incorporates this factory-style automation, it's a huge win in my book. It's a little bit what I've always been looking for in that kind of a game. And... I've been solely playing it on the Steam Deck so far. I would say it's uh, in the 80% range for compatibility with a controller versus a keyboard and mouse on a, on a computer. So overall, I mean, that's better than a lot of games out there. And it does play really well on the, on the Steam Deck. With the gameplay, as I said before, I like the storyline, the... Every time the employee was getting promoted, I was just laughing about it. And the back and forth with the AI in the game is is really funny. And um, I do like the idea and the challenge of having to bring light into the different areas to push the darkness away so that you can, you know, build. You kind of have a power grid from it. And, you know, it serves those two purposes, both lighting up and uh, providing power to different areas of the factory. I wish they were a little bit longer. You know, I think it's a little, a little short on the length. Um, I find Definitely. they, you know, I found it's hard to pin down exactly how far you need to go. You have to like jimmy it around and be like, uh, can I go that far away from the last light? Uh, that's a little, right. a little annoying. Yeah, and I also got, um, you know, since you have to play so many. Fairly close, in my opinion, I felt like I was moving a lot of them around because 
you're always going back and having to reposition them because now they're in the way of what you wanted to do. And you yes, turn off, definitely. turn off half your factory just to move a light over and, you know, yeah, it, it doesn't it, always reconnect. Like if it's one in the middle, sometimes it doesn't reconnect to the things past it. And it's, or you're one, it's one really tile bad. off of what you need. And yep. yeah, you end up having to put two in now in order to do what you had previously. So I thought that was a little, I wish it were a little bit longer, a little bit more flexible. Um, but I do like the overall idea of it as a good fresh challenge to the game. Um, on the Steam Deck itself, the challenges with the supply pods and having to protect them, especially as you get with Station 3, I think the last two levels are 40 and 45 seconds. And there's bees, you're trying to smoke them out so they stop attacking, then you're trying to avoid, and I didn't realize that the left trigger was the the dodge button where you can dive out of the way so once i figured that out took a few times dying but i was able to get there finally yeah that helps a lot uh but yeah it is really hard to get through all of station three even not on the steam deck it felt like that makes me feel better if i was dodging enough that i wasn't dying then all of a sudden the station the pod was destroyed and i i lost that way yeah and it was tough because you have to place down a new smoke and you have to be within a certain distance to trigger the smoke. And, you know, the bees will come back to life if you don't pick them up quick enough. And yep. Dodging at the same time and placing down new smoke. And yeah, it was, it was, it was fun. It was a challenge. It, you know, I eventually figured it out, but it was probably a little bit harder on a Steam Deck than I thought it would be for that. Yeah, it's a. Uh... It's I'd say it's it's just a hard part of the game in a in a some in a pretty fun way in general, even though it's not really mm-hmm. normally my my sort of bag and in the factory games, but they did it well here. How about balance? Yeah, so I'm not too far into the game. I think earlier we were talking I'm right around the two hour mark, so I'm not terribly far into it enough to get a good sense of it but the some of the ratios and like the timing and trying to figure out how much is crafted per minute isn't super clear um i thought it was weird that some items were like a one to one ratio or two to one and then others are three to one and it's four times the time on top of it then and when I built out the first few assembly lines for doing like the gravity ore into the gravity ingots and all that, I didn't give myself enough room, didn't do enough miners, and that ended up being a pretty big bottleneck right off the bat. Was I just wasn't putting out enough gravity ore ingots. But it seemed like the other ore types, they smelted faster and you can get them to the end point quicker for some reason. I don't know what it was, but it seemed like Gravity Ore was the bottleneck there. Yeah, it definitely felt a little quirky in how some of the production times and recipes worked. Um, I'm I'm curious how much of it was intentional and how much of it was that the factory efficiency wasn't really the main focus of the game. So they didn't necessarily put as much thought into it, but uh, it made for some fun logistical puzzles to figure it out but it's it's hard to 
it's hard to figure out exactly what you need everywhere. And I, I think part of part of the reason that they did that, part of the reason it's not easy to just go in and say, okay, this is the most efficient route. I can see exactly how much is being produced by all these things is because they don't want you to stress too much about your factory. Which makes sense, but is not generally how I play factory games. Yeah. Um, yeah, I also I also thought um, you know, the need for batteries and constantly powering yourself up and feeding power to your main area starts out annoying, but it gets a lot easier as you keep going and you you expand more and get more pickers and light bulbs and are able to produce more things. Um, so it's a, it, it has a nice power curve of like, you know, these things that are hard when you're starting out definitely get significantly easier as you move forward and you're introduced with new challenges and new ways that the game is difficult. Uh, it's, it's just, yeah, it's got a really, I, I thought a really smooth power curve going throughout. So then I've been playing on the Steam Deck, um, but you've been playing on the PC. So what are your thoughts of the overall controls of the game? The movement is pretty smooth. I Moving between screens, so like going opening your inventory and closing it and the various like research screens and such uh, got a, a little weird. It's hard to like pull things from and get, send things to some of the buildings in an intuitive way. Um, I really struggled figuring out how to split stacks any way but in half. I don't know if it's possible to do it any way but in half, which is really annoying. And then things auto combine, so you can't even like, I don't know, split things out between different spots in your inventory. So it's, hard, it's hard to be very exact about a lot of things, which again, you know, you're not, it's not stressing the factory elements of the game, but I like to be able to do those things when I play a factory game. Um, <clears throat> and then things like deconstructing and mining, harvesting things doesn't always feel great. Like some of the things I think when you have things you've built, you can immediately deconstruct them and get them back in your inventory. When you're deconstructing like a, a damaged wall in the world, it takes forever. It feels like to actually get the parts out of it. Things like that that are just they felt a little weird here and there. How about the Steam Deck? Yeah, when it comes to the quick launch um, and some of the menus, that's where kind of the Steam Deck uh, needs to be uh, Im- improved upon. You know, the overall moving around, building assembly lines, ro- rotating the belts, all of that in the game, you would you would think the game was made for the Steam Deck. Like, it works so well. And then you open a menu up, and it's like, uh-oh. You know, in order to get over to the crafting side, you have to hit the arrow eight times to get over there, right? Because you have to go Ugh. through each of your menu items. And then when you get over there, you have to arrow through all of them. Like, there's no, there's no, like, hot key to snap over to the crafting side or something. At least what I what I found. So, getting there. And then the same thing with the uh, quick launch bar. You have to use the uh, R1 trigger, L1 trigger to literally move between them. So. That was part of the battling station three supply pods, right? Was you have to 
placed on the smoke bomb, and then I needed to go use a health pack, so you have to use L1 to go over to the health pack, use it, go R1 back to the smoke bomb, hit right trigger to trigger it, you know, put it down. It's just, <laughs> my fingers are fumbling around trying to get through it, and, you know, that's more of inexperience of playing it, but, you know, it was definitely uh, a little bit harder to, uh, a little bit harder to <laughs> to do the combat side of the game. Yeah, um, I mean... Over- and on that note, like even on the PC, even without the Steam Deck, that's kind of a pain because the scroll wheel zooms in and out. When, and when I'm in a factory game, I want the scroll wheel to switch between things that are on my quick bar, not zoom the whole map in and out. So like, there, there's no easy way to switch between things on the quick bar on the PC either. You have to hit the number keys, which, you know, isn't that bad, but I don't want to have to do that. I want to be able to move between them much faster than that. Yeah. Yeah, but overall, I mean, I thought it was fine. You know, there's nothing like laying in bed playing this game on a Steam Deck. So, you know, the the convenience outweighs, in my opinion, yeah, some of the quirks with it. It definitely forced me to automate the crafting side of the house, right? The crafting side of the game much yes. sooner than I probably normally would have in other factory style games, right? Because it was such a pain to go through the menus for me to craft a glow bulb. I already, I have a factory prior to unlocking station three complete or completing station three completely. I was already had all the ingredients. So I could just go in and just craft glow bulbs. I didn't have to do any of the, any of the intermediate ingredients for them. And then what did you think of uh, graphics and sound for the game? I thought the graphics were beautiful. I love the style of the game. Uh, I don't know exactly how you describe it. It's sort of a like almost comic book style isometric 3D. Um, and the sound is excellent too. It gets me a little pumped up to play. The music is uh, pretty good and hard hitting. And there's a really like a really meaty factory sound in some of the parts of the game where you're like, you know, when you're getting pushed up out of the underworld with a new employee getting promoted um there's like you know it's it's moving you with some some great metallic sounds and just it it felt good yeah i unfortunately uh haven't heard much of the sound to it because i've mostly been playing this one on the road and in a hotel bed in between ski sessions so haven't uh didn't want to bother the wife as she's sleeping and uh I really haven't heard much of the sound, but the graphics, I thought the, I love the style of the graphics as well. Um, and it's not too crazy graphically intensive either for the, you know, for the Steam Deck, getting really good battery life on it. And it looks gorgeous on the Steam Deck too. So very happy with it. Definitely, definitely has a cool, fresh style was what I would say. And how about the weight of the game? So I thought, uh, a little bit on the difficult side uh, for the full gameplay. You know, one of those unlocking the supply pod uh, for Station 3. You get hit by the by those uh, ramming enemies two times and you're dead, you know. I thought it was pretty difficult there. Um, I haven't gotten super deep into the logistics of the game yet. Um, finding a challenge right now i mean luckily i 
My good friend Dave told me the other day that uh, you don't have to pipe the belts directly into the factories, that the factories will kind of suck the items off the belt, so you can just run them alongside to hook multiple factories up, which I wish I would have known <laughs> the last time I played it, but, you know. Yeah, there are definitely some parts of it that are quite different from most of the other factory games out there, like that where you're... You know, you just need to run the belts next to the factories instead of directly into them or use something to put them into the factories. That's very non-intuitive. And the game, I feel like the game tries to show it to you through the like tutorial and through, you know, there are sort of remains of factories scattered throughout the worlds, uh, throughout the world overall that are, you know, unpowered out in the darkness. And if you get to them, you're like, oh, look how they started building that. But I didn't think to pay attention to how they were building those at first. Uh, it, if I had realized that that was a good indicator of how I should be building my factories, I probably would have figured that out myself sooner and gotten there much faster and building some more efficient factories. Yeah, I wish I would have paid attention more in the tutorial now that you say that. Yeah. Because <laughs> that would have been the, the hints I needed. Yep. Yeah, there's definitely some pretty intense difficulty in dealing with the enemies, especially early on before you've gotten the research to get more health. Um, You don't really have direct weapon options. You've got some stun bombs and smoke bombs you can use on different enemies, but they're not the easiest thing in the world to use. But overall, I mean, dying is not only okay in the game, but sometimes encouraged or even necessary. So. And it fits well with the story. It's not like this. No, it's not like uh, you're respawning and there's no explanation for it. It's a, a well integrated part of the story. It's quite enjoyable. So then replayability and modding. Um, what are your thoughts on? Uh, are you going to once you get through one gameplay, are you going to see yourself picking this one back up? I doubt it. Um, you know, it's a handcrafted world and, you know, with such an intense story and such that being such a central part of the game, it sort of has to be. Uh, I've been really digging the story. I'm really happy to be playing through it once. It's totally worth what I paid for the game, even for what I've gotten out of it so far. I don't think it's a minus that I don't really plan on playing it again after I finish it this first time. You know, it's it doesn't have a ton of replayability, but it's got a, a great round of playability the first time. And it looks like there are no mods. There is a free play mode that I haven't really looked at yet outside of just pulling it up to see if it's the same st- starting location as uh, the story mode. And it looks like it's not. I don't know if the world is completely exactly the same or not. And that I would need to do some more research on that. Yeah, I'll be interested to see if they release additional game modes in the future or do a procedural generation or an expansion to the game to extend the the story. Um, I'm with you. It's one of those. We'll have to wait and see as we get towards the end game. Is there an end game? Is the game just going to literally end or is there infinite play? Right. Um, So I'll be interested when we get there. To see, and that might judge the replayability at that point for for me. Then overall, you know, if you were to give it a scale of one to ten, 
which where are you rating this game um i like i've stressed throughout i really enjoyed my time with this game um it's not you know it's not my favorite factory game i've ever played but it might be my favorite survival game i've ever played and i love the factory elements to it they really add a lot to it um i'd give it probably like a nine out of ten um you know once i play through it i'm probably gonna rather play factorio or dsp than play this one but right now if i'm gonna pick up a factory game it's gonna be this one so that i can keep progressing in the story how about you i'm i'm about a seven out of ten right now i'm still waiting to see if the controls improve for the steam deck uh that is the only way i've played it right now i don't know if I'm going to play it on the PC after playing it on the deck, so we'll have to see. Overall, yeah, I give it, I would give it about a 7 out of 10 for, for what I'm seeing right now. Definitely enjoying it. It's about where I would have it. And this is available on Steam. They have a Discord, have a website. I believe I saw it on Epic. It's on Xbox as well. So we hope you enjoyed our review on Atrio, the Dark Wild. After that, I got a little thirsty. Time for round two of What's in the Glass. Dave, what are you drinking right now? I've moved on to, I got a little darker, like I tend to do in the evening, and I'm now drinking a Lagro Organic Imperial Stout. Lagro is an organic beer company located here in Chicago. It's my first beer I've had from them. I got it at a local grocery store. It's uh, it's very solid, quite tasty. Um, pretty standard stout, nice and malty. Nothing too exciting about it, but it's just a, a really good example of the style. How about you? I am continuing with the Renfest inspired, and I'm drinking a Smithics right now. So, classic Irish red ale. Just absolutely delicious and one of my one of my favorites. Again, it's one of the uh, you know when you think of an Irish red, you know the thing I think of first is a Smithic. So, yep, I believe it's pronounced Smithix. Smithix. I'm not sure, but it is delicious. The classic. I don't think I've had one in years since I was probably last in Chicago for St. Patrick's Day, but a good one. What else have you been playing? I know you haven't had a whole lot of time to play, but what have you been doing besides Atrio? Yeah, so I have been playing some of the Vampire Survivor. That's a fun one just for, you want a mindless game, just for sitting in the hotel room. It's re- re- perfect for the Steam Deck. Oh yeah, it plays absolutely perfect on it, and... It's not terribly graphic intensive. As you get into the later levels, it gets a little CPU intensive because there's so much going on. It's just chaos towards the end of the levels, but plays perfectly on the deck. And then uh, also playing a little bit of RimWorld. My brother actually, he picked up the game recently and he's had a bunch of questions about it, which led me to get it up and running again. And... You know, I immediately got in and installed 30 mods for it. You know, all the mods that I need to play it. <laughs> and uh, started up a new map and 
forgot how much I love that game. It's so good. So I've been doing that, and then obviously Atrio. Uh, but I'm not playing the other two. What about you? Anything? Anything um, you picked up recently? Yeah. So on my in, in the last episode, which was several weeks ago for us, but will probably only come out a little bit before this one because we're bad at getting our stuff together to edit and put it out. <laughs> um, Life I, happens. I, yep. It's, <laughs> it is what it is. No big deal. We recorded it at least. We're, we're, we're working on getting more of these out. And so what if there's two weeks between when we record it and release it? Um, but then I was playing a bunch of Autonauts on the Switch. Um, I've continued doing a fair bit of that. Uh, I really wish that they would reconcile with the company doing the port and do a lot of the quality of life updates that are coming out on PC for the the different console ports as well. Uh, it's a little frustrating dealing with some of the bugs there, but it's still a really fun game, really fun to play, and it's been a, a great road trip game both when I was in Arizona and when I was in Wisconsin. Um, but the game that's really been eating up most of my time lately is Spellforce Conquest of EO. Uh, I bought it uh, sh- shortly after it came out in 1.0, I guess. It was on a little bit of sale, and I had heard good things about it. Um, it's uh, largely a 4X game. It's like a sort of, if you've ever played sorcerer king it's a lot like that one where you're sort of a small fish in a big pond to start and you have to keep growing your power but not too fast or you'll get stomped down um but it also has some like crafting elements and uh it's it's just it's really it's a pretty unique game and i've just been completely absorbed in it i've played almost like 20 hours in the last few weeks of that but yeah, it's a it's a really I've really, really enjoyed that one. It's totally sucked me in and I'm probably going to play a lot more of it in the next few weeks. Yeah, I have that one wish list that I may may pick it up here soon as well, especially yeah, if you're enjoying it that much. Yeah, it's not very expensive. It's only like 20 bucks, I think uh, it's 30. I think I paid not bad. I think I paid 24 for it. I think it was 20 percent off, but. Yeah, it's totally worth it. I mean, it's it's got that sort of Heroes of Might and Magic or Master of Magic feel to it a little bit. Got some decent tactical combat along with the uh, 4X Overworld. Yeah, so outside of that, there was a big Steam event that happened recently, right? The Next Fest, and they had a bunch of demos. Did you have a chance to uh, get in there and, and experience any of those demos? Yeah, I managed to play a few. Um I tried my best to get at least a few minutes in all of the factory games I could find there. Um, I didn't play them a ton, but there are five that I got myself into for at least a few minutes. Um, a few of them I wasn't super impressed with. There was Mob Factory is sort of a tower defense where um, yeah, you're, you're killing these creatures coming out of a spawner. And then trying to use, sort of gather up the items that come from them with conveyor belts and other things and put them into factories to create various things like more weapons and coins to unlock additional levels. Um, I only played that one for like 10 minutes. I didn't really enjoy it that much. There's a lot of awkwardness in it. 
and it didn't explain itself very well, but it was a pretty early demo. So maybe that one will uh, keep improving. And then or storm factory was a interesting idea where like everything is everything that you're harvesting is sort of a, an object out in the world. So instead of conveyor belts, you like, uh, you har- you put it down a miner and then it starts spitting out the ore and you need to sort of place something to collect it at the other end or something to redirect it. And if you walk in front of it and get hit by it, you get hurt. Um, but then enemies start coming out and attacking you in waves and you need to use those items that are flying around to hit them as well. Um, so it's an interesting concept. Still pretty raw again. Uh, I didn't have a great time with it, but I saw some potential there too. But definitely not as much of a classic factory game. There wasn't a whole lot of logistics other than redirecting things. I'm not sure I'd see myself going back to that one, even if they do make some changes to it. Um, A little bit better was Magical magical Mixture Mill. I sort of have a, a hole in my heart for a more... Uh, more fantasy-themed factory game that I'm looking to fill. And this one is uh, along the lines of you're you're making potions and trying to trying to manufacture potions automatically. You have to go out and gather some resources, but you know you have these factories within your potion shop that are spitting out potions that you can then sell there. Uh, there was a lot of rawness to this one. The factory elements seemed a little bit half-baked still. Uh, not everything seemed to fit together all that well and needed some tweaking and balancing. But it's a cool concept, and you know, I, I will definitely check this one out again as they move forward with it, because I would really like a game like this to be something that I want to play. And it looks like that one has a planned release date in 2023 at some point, so... Still on the way to getting released. It's not even early access. The demo was the first of it. So it'll be interesting to see how that one comes along. Yeah, I, I hope they I hope I hope they make some nice improvements to that one. Um, and then there are two games that I really enjoyed playing the demo of. And I think we're probably going to have to review once they actually come out and are ready to go. Uh, one of them is Plan B Terraform. It had some in, more interesting logistics, I'd say. So you, you're you on this planet. You have a, a few different uh, cities that are founded. And you need to start harvesting iron and sulfur and other things and turning them into you know different buildings or mechanical parts or concrete, things like that. And then you need to use roads and trucks to transport goods from your factories to the different cities to give them what they need to start growing. Um, it, it looked like it could be an interesting logistical puzzle. Um, I, I'm definitely looking forward to playing some more of this one. Uh, you know, all these, I, I only was able to play for a little bit, but this one definitely, uh, definitely had some good, good bones to it. And I really enjoyed one of the things I liked about it in particular that I don't know if it will stick around or if it's just because it was an early version of the game, but like when you when your factories are creating buildings, they just sort of you don't need to direct them anywhere. They just sort of go into this void where you can build 
build them elsewhere immediately. And, you know, it's not exactly realistic, but it made it a lot easier to manage not needing to go pick up things from a chest and then go somewhere else, things like that. It was a, a good feeling in this particular game. And then the last one I played was Desynced, uh, which had a really interesting twist on the usual formula. So all of your production buildings and things like that are actually modules that you can place in different uh, sort of building templates or vehicle templates that you place around the world. So, you, you know, your, your vehicle might have three spots and one of them you you can place a factory in and then the other two you can use for uh, holding, you know, the things that go into that factory and then the, uh, the output of the factory. Um, and then you can start, you know, as, as you go, you start getting more buildings with more slots so you can do more complicated things with those buildings. Um, you can start automating different things. You, you know, early on, you might be swapping different modules in and out because they're sort of free to swap in and out so that you can you know, create different things with different uh, vehicles or buildings. I was just really interesting. I, again, once again, didn't get very far into it but it seemed quite cool. There is combat in it. There are like turrets and such, but I didn't really encounter any of that. But this is one that we will definitely have to keep an eye on. Yeah, I'm, it looks like the desync and Magical Mixture Mill still have their demos live, so I'm going to jump on and check them out as well. They both look like games I might enjoy, so... Plan B is not, there's no demo for that right now, but it's it's under 10 bucks, so I may pick it up. We'll yeah, see. Desynced, uh, they're planning to release sometime in 2023 in early access. They don't have a definite release date yet. Um, whereas I believe Plan B is in early access, right? Yeah, Plan B was in their early access, correct. Yep, Mob, Mob Factor is Q3 of 2023. Was one that you mentioned. Yep. So, yeah. It's nice to see new, new, fresh games coming. Definitely. Some of them have a lot of potential. Very exciting. And if you want to talk about those games, uh, you know, we did a little bit of chatter about them on our Discord. Feel free to join. Link is in the show notes. If you have opinions about them or want to know more about them, hop in and chat with us there. Thank you for joining us tonight as we talked about Atrio the Dark Wild and recap the Steam Next Fest. If you have any suggestions for us, please let us know. Feel free to join us on our Discord server where we talk a lot about automation and factory games and other things as well. You can ask questions about game mechanics, discuss upcoming releases, or head over to our website bottlenutgaming.com and check out our games database. We'll see you next time. And as always... The factory must roam.